Hello listeners, and welcome to the Zoom Room, a youth-produced podcast where each episode we zoom into a different theme or topic through interviews and conversations relevant to us, the youth of Alaska. Zoom Room is a production of Alaska Teen Media Institute. I'm your host, Cornelius Nelson. For today's podcast, we're focusing on filmmaking in Alaska. At Me producer Devin Schreckengast got his fellow youth filmmakers into the studio for a roundtable discussion about the struggles and joys of making movies, what inspires them, and everything in between. Devin is joined by Logan Smith, Jeremiah Erickson, Daisy Carter, Zane Penny, and Brandon Joseph. Here it is. All right, let's, uh, let's kick it off. First question is the simplest question here. What's your name and age? My name is Logan Smith, and I am 22 years old. My name's Jeremiah Freeman, and I'm 16. My name's Daisy Carter, and I'm 18. I'm 18. Did you just forget? I did. I'm Zane Penny, and I'm 17. Hello, Brandon Joseph. I'm 18 years old. And I am the host. I am Devin Schreckengast, and I am 19. And now our first actual question. What's your favorite part of the filmmaking process? That can be just like acting, filming, editing, like behind the camera, that sort of thing. Um, and tell me why you, that's your favorite. Uh, that's an interesting question, because even though I like production, I'd say my absolute favorite would be the writing, because you're like putting in the seeds from which your project will inevitably grow, and I think that that's really important and integral for the entire filmmaking process as a whole, so that's my opinion. I really like pre-production, okay? When you get around with your buddies, like you get, you all get up in this little circle, you get in this little group, and you just start spitballing ideas and they're bouncing off of each other. It's great. And once you get that flow going, man, it, oh man, oh man, it's great. <laughs> I agree with that. I think definitely writing, I don't have to agree, I love writing, um, pre-production <laughs> stuff. I love pre-production because you can plan and plan and plan and plan. And then that can be like completely like flipped over and then you have to adapt. I think that's when I kind of like step up and be like, okay, like switch, adapt and kind of go there. So I like to do that too. I really love like every part of filmmaking, but I think my favorite is editing. Just because I love, I love like watching it come together at the end and just once everything clicks, then it's such a good feeling. My favorite part is probably um, manning the camera, going behind the scenes and also acting because i don't know it's fun though i like it <laughs> simple it's fun i like it though. yeah i'm gonna say my favorite part is definitely like the editing process same with zane it's just seeing everything put together real time and it's just like it's really satisfying you get to like make decisions while editing too like what music and like how you want your atmosphere to be color correction you're making it into an actual like movie other than just a collection of clips so it's it's really really cool to me so when you're making movies, what's your favorite like genre to make? That's a really good question, because uh, I'm working on a bit of a dramedy right now, no plug. If we're talking genres I have made in the past, then probably crime or comedy are related, because I think that the crime genre is just fun, because it's like there's conflict already there, being a crime against society and all. But uh, I want to experiment with more genres, so uh, I'll put a pin in that question until I make another better film of a different genre, so we'll see. I am very, very inexperienced, <laughs> but I can tell you right now, writing comedies, writing things that are funny, it's just such a great time. The first film that I made for my film class at KCC, King Tech, 
it was a chase scene. Uh, we made it into this like really, it was supposed to be dramatic and crazy with stupid stunts. My older brother was in it. He does parkour and we had him do a flip on a staircase. It was crazy. We had him climb up the stairs like by the railing. It was really weird. Um, <laughs> but uh, at the end, we revealed that it was just a it was just a game of tag. That's amazing. It was really stupid, but that but it was so it was so much fun making it. When I first started filming, I kind of started doing like comedies, but now I'm starting to do like more like intense kind of stuff. Like the short film that I'm filming now um, is a little more intense and kind of like drama based. No plug. It's a 1930s murder mystery. Yeah, I think my favorite genre is probably like drama, like to write. Because I love, again, I love writing dialogue and I love like creating characters and then have them interact with each other and like be dramatic around each other. I like all these uh, non shameless plugs. Pretty great. <laughs> well, I think most people started doing like uh, comedy and like fight scenes. That'll always have like a, a sweet spot in my heart. I don't know, as my my filmmaking skill kind of like gets better and better, I really love writing like psychological stuff or just like stuff that like sticks with you after you watch it or just like things that you notice the more times you watch it. I love that stuff. Well, Devin. <clears throat> yeah, Brandon? I like to do comedy. Comedy uh, movies are pretty fun to make. For the future, okay, we should like maybe do like uh, get into more um, genres, Devin, you know, when we make our movies. Full disclaimer, me and Brandon make a lot of movies together. Yes, so. yes we do. My start was in comedy. I love making people laugh, and I love like making myself laugh by making these stupid movies. And it was around last year when I started trying to do like more intense kind of movies. Like movies that have a message and movies that are a bit more serious in nature. I did a couple of those, and then I went back to comedy... And then I realized that it's too much fun making comedy. Comedy is still my all-time favorite. Depending on how you make it, everyone knows not to take it seriously. And it's just a fun ride for everyone involved. This is mainly just asking, what's your favorite thing that's happened during the filmmaking process? Like the funniest thing that stuck with you up until now? I already see some grins. This is going to be great. There are two specific moments that I are short and sweet. The first one was one of the more uh, collaborative days on set I've had. It's for a YouTube video that got a couple views called uh, Breaking and Entering, which is literally about my friend Noah breaking into my parents' house. And it's uh, not literally like oh, okay. I, I had I had access to that I had access to that location. There was a scene where he was walking up the stairs. We got like a wide shot, you know, and then a shot of me like kicking and him falling down the stairs. It's a real hoot. He came up with an interesting idea. It was the most collaborative moment, and I loved it that he was you know brave enough to suggest it to me, the director. But he like suggested like a shot from like POV of him like walking up the stairs. You can find the video on YouTube; it's fun. The second moment was just uh, my friend Angel getting way too into the fact that he had a UAA T-shirt in one of the shots and being like, "We need to check with the school to copyright." And I'm like, "Dude, do not worry about it. It's a UAA shirt. You bought it." You're fine. And he eventually is like, I checked with the school. We're good. And I'm like, jeez. That's great. Definitely making that first film ever. It's like the best experience ever. Starting off as a new filmmaker and realizing this is what you want to do. Like with the rest of your life. It's crazy finding that passion. And I'd say that as a whole is my favorite. But also I'm going to give a few anecdotes. So when we were filming the first one, I mentioned I had my brother on set as one of the actors. He was the chaser in the chase scene. It made the dynamic as me, the director, very, very interesting. So for the chase scene, we didn't need any dialogue until the end with him saying, tag, you're it. 
when I was editing and going through all of these clips and we see him like running down the hallway or doing a flip, we could just hear him making all of these wonderful noises just whoop, 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 down the hallway. <laughs> it's so hilarious to just watch back that footage. And then another thing that we did was we had a scene where there's a circle of lights at KCC. We had a puppet thrown down there to simulate one of the people jumping down the ledge onto the ground. And it, it was absolutely the most fun thing we've ever did. We got approved for the puppet and everybody was having such a great time. I think we named that puppet, but I don't remember his name. And he died. That's all I have to say. Rest Thank in peace, you. puppet. The first one, it's kind of intense. So I'm not very like mean. I don't like to be mean. I'm not super like aggressive. I don't like to be like mean or like super forward with people, like unless I have to. So I was working on a project with this person, not gonna name names. They're out of the state. <laughs> Paul, just... name him Paul. Paul, um, sure. So I was working on this project with Paul, right? And we had to do a promotional video. So I said, I'll film everything, I'll organize everything, all you have to do is sit down and editing, because as we've said before, I don't like editing. So I had him edit. So he was very lazy, he would always go on other people's sets and like hang out, and then he would break equipment, like casually, very casually. <laughs> like he'll come back and be like, uh, Mr. Blake, I broke a camera. And then we're like, oh! So I had to work with him, which was great. Which I was like, great, like my first challenge, working with difficult people. Finally, I was like, hey, Paul, I got the footage, um, like, just sit down and edit. So, obviously, he, like, wanders off and, like, you know, does his thing. And I'm like, Paul, sit down and edit. Very nicely, very, like, calm. Stern, just like. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. kind of, like, stern, right? And then he says something, and I was already, like, getting, like, really mad. And he said something, like, it was really dumb, too. Like, you're not my mom. Like, why are you, like, making me do this? I was like, What? And like, and you, it, it echoed like through the halls. And Jeremy like runs, well not runs in, be like comes in, he's like, hey, like what's happening? And then OJT, we were like, oh my god, like what's happening? And I'm like about to cry. Like Paul is not editing, and he needs to edit. Paul was definitely not kicked out of the class on the record. But honestly, I loved that experience because yeah, like no one in that class like messed with me. I guess. I think it's when. I kind of figured out that I wanted to do film, like for my career. This is freshman year of high school. I was in this short film directed by Levi Taylor. I was in like sixth grade and I, I got to co-star on it with my best friend. It got to go to like the Beverly Hills Film Festival and I got to go down there and there was like a red carpet event and there was like a suit and tie and like all this stuff. And just being surrounded by like so many professionals like in their area, just like all talking about how much they love making films and like how much they love acting and like all this stuff. I remember like right after the event, it was like the most movie-esque moment ever. Like we were walking across Venice Beach and there was like a sunset and you're like, damn, this is like what we want to do. I'm very interested to see what you have to say about this. <laughs> okay. I'm so interested right now. There's like so much good things to talk about here. All the films that we did together, Devin, like like the comedy, the laughter, and everything, the good stories that we had to tell. Oh, especially Turret Hunters. The first one and the second one. Okay, those were like like the best ones. It was like a, a story that we've been working on since like like middle school. Like right, nah. Like we could finally we finally finished it. Nah. It was like the best thing ever. Huh? It was sitting there for like a year for like to be continued. <laughs> and we yeah. had yet to finish the idea. <laughs> I know, I know. And like 
I think it finished perfectly, honestly. Remember the five day film festival mm-hmm. with uh, Souza? Mm-hmm. That was a good. That was a good story. Like, like the process. Like, there's a time limit, right? Uh, that was probably like one of the most uh, difficult things. Like, we had experience. Had to be done. That we have to do this at this time, and then we have to do the other thing at this time. Yeah, yeah. there's like no time to like just sit around doing nothing. You had to be doing something. You had only five days to like write, edit, get this movie done. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It was fun to do, though. Honestly, I I loved it. Huh? I actually I actually have a couple moments in mind. First one that I'm I'm actually gonna talk about is actually during the last part of Turt Hunters. Me and my writer Brooklyn, we finished a draft of the script, and near the end, Brooklyn thought it would be hilarious to um drop in uh, a gay joke between Brandon and the co-star Jackson. Both guys, Jackson would lean in to ki- to kiss Brandon, and he would you know he would back away and all that we put that in the script and we sent it over to both of them a minute later i get a message back saying yeah it's good i'm like oh, okay all right fast forward to the day of shoot i i look at them and i'm like so to read over the script and i'm like i read over like the first page and they totally missed the joke we put at the end and i broke it to them we all just started laughing as soon as i said no no we put in we put in that joke near the end the funniest thing is is that um at that point we were so far along in the process and they gave it the okay that we literally couldn't take it out. I actually paid one of my friends to draw art for the end credit to the movie and it included a variation of that scene. They literally could not say no at that point. And it's not like they would have cared either. It's, it's just like they have such a great way of making ludicrous situations and making them hilarious. So it was like it turned out perfectly fine. So I went to um, the summer camp for New York Film New York Film Academy. Um, the second to last day, we actually went on the Universal um, Studios lot and filmed in the area, which is really cool to do. Um, except my actors were, um, they were very much like, oh, I just did this for the summer with daddy's money. So they didn't really want to do a lot of stuff. So the whole film was about trying to get a girl, but the girl's gay. Whoopsie dipsy. Um, very simple. And I, what I wanted to show for that like the girl was gay was one of my actors to come in and like kiss the girl on the cheek. It took me 30 minutes to convince her to literally do a peck on the cheek. 30 minutes in the hot sun in California in July. I was about to sue. (laughs) Next question, please. Okay, next question as requested by Daisy. Let's do it. So this is the exact opposite side of the coin. And Daisy kind of already answered some of these questions already. So basically, other than telling me about your favorite time where you had the most fun, tell me about a point in time where it was really, really stressful for you. Tell me about a time that's like, you're just sitting there like, oh, God, we just got to get this done. At the homemade film night, I mean, not homemade film night, it was a five-day film challenge. Uh, And I had got done with this movie. I admit I messed up the audio. And the reason I say that is because when it played on the big screen, it was so GD quiet. Basically, when the sound was quiet, I almost cried. It was so sad. Mm -hmm. Everyone generally liked the story, but they were like, yeah, the sound was the worst part of it. And I'm like, I know. But then we went to the homemade film night, and I had the next project, and there was a market improvement. So there's a slightly more positive postscript to that story, even if the original situation was initially very frustrating. Other than a few projects getting canceled because actors couldn't show up, those are like the main like stressful situations I've had both on set and after. Obviously, I shared a couple that I didn't like, but I think the one that really hits me the most that I was kind of like a big slap in the face was also after... Um, production 
Um, it was for the Skills USA, the last one that I did. I worked really hard on that project, and it was very unfortunate that I got third place. And I talked to a lot of the other, um, fil- like all the, a lot of the other filmmakers, and asked if they believed that I should have gotten even like second or um, or first place. And they said no, like your film like was the best. It affected me, like obviously, like for the summer, like you know, I just feel I felt like this was probably the best I could do. I don't know if I could ever go like any further than that. But yeah, now I'm making this film, this 1930s murder mystery. So like worst experience making a film? Yeah, I actually uh, missed uh, part of this question, but all you guys seem to hit it anyway. Basically, it's um, the one of the bad experiences that you've had, but how you overcame it in the end. And both of you hit that, so. Oh. Uh, if, if you did overcome it. If you didn't overcome it and still want to share... It's fine. I mean, I'll I'll just say like I mean, I guess the the worst experience was just kind of like I don't know. It was still like kind of funny though. It was just like the like getting suspended for like lighting government property on fire for a music video. <laughs> like that was that was bad, and I regret it. But it like it looked very good. I was I was pretty proud of that, and my entire group was. But it was like we we weren't like allowed to be proud of it. So it's kind of like a weird situation i'll say this on the record i did see the clip and it did look really really good despite uh the crater being suspended for me it's probably the um the movies were like there's a time limit uh, like it has to be due by this date uh. there's like a lot of things to film and we gotta do it by that date and like usually we could be busy at that time by other stuff like school or work or whatever and then when there's like there's too much footage and like they're all good but like you know like maybe like five minutes has to be five minutes and then we have to get rid of all the other footage because, <laughs> like, God, I, I don't know. End up making a 10-minute movie by mistake. Yeah. Had to cut yeah. that out, yeah. Uh, that, that was horrible. If you ask me, I, I almost think that it might have ended up being better because it was shorter because it's a bit more of a tighter story. Yes. But yeah. it, it depends. I was working on this just small little animated project for a while, and um, I greatly underestimated how much uh, time I needed. I was sitting there, I think it was like around four days, two, maybe even the weekend before it was due. I think it was due on Monday and I was trying to work on it on Saturday. I was like, no, I can get this done. You know, sat here with a big script trying to animate it. The end of Sunday came and then I looked at my work and I realized, oh no, I only have the end of the first scene done. I still have like six more minutes to go. What I ended up doing was greatly cutting the script down and I took the next day off. You know, just pretended I was sick. Hopefully Davis didn't listen to this part, but you know. In the end, it kind of worked out. It's not one of my favorite movies, but you know, still my baby, I guess. All right, this one's going to be fun. I want you to tell me about the first film you've ever made or the earliest one you can think of. Uh, The first movie I made, which interestingly is the most viewed video on my YouTube channel. I know, slap in the face because it wasn't that great. But it was it was supposed to be a, sort of a pseudo mock you or documentary kind of called On the Edge of the Frontier. Even though I had written other stuff before that, this was like the first thing that I had like distributed to YouTube. It was supposed to be like a documentary. I had just started working with the Alaska Teen Media Institute and I'm like, I'm going to make a feature film. I was like so naive like to think it would be anything longer than two and a half minutes. That did teach me a lot, like, about shooting more than you need and about practical aspects of filmmaking. And then a few years later, I, like, you know, made a few more projects. And I, But that was, like, the starting, jumping-off point. And 
it was fine. That's all I have to say about that. I have some stuff that isn't my first film, but like more my first radio show type podcast thing. One of them wasn't really a thing, and the other one never made it to air. When I was like six years old, I lived in this little bush town across the Cook Inlet called Beluga. My grandpa owns a general store there and a, a company called Three Mile Creek. And I was homeschooled there, and I was very lonely. I had no friends. There was nobody there my age except for my brother, who was like two years older than me. I had this little MP3 player that you could record things on. And I did this little radio show that I, I was a robot. I don't remember the intro. It was like, beep boop bop, beep boop bop, Jeremiah machine, like that. And it was so iconic. And my little sister has that MP3 player now. And she listens to those recordings of me sometimes. And then and the other day she came up to me and she was like, I found something. And I was like, oh, my God, what did you find? And she pulls out the MP3 player and she hands it to me. And she's like, listen. And I listened to this this little little tiny me recording of me being like, my brother's an alien. Oh, there's my dad. He's chopping wood. <laughs> it was so incredibly stupid. But, it, but looking back, it's like it makes sense that I'm here now. Because I really did enjoy doing that, no matter how stupid it was i was just like man i have an audience people love me when i knew absolutely no one the next one uh in our town or well in anchorage i live in eagle river now but in anchorage uh our local lgbt community center is called identity and they have a building downtown anchorage and um they have this thing called q club and it's for LGBT youth to just, like, come and hang out. It's, like, 13 to 18. I started going there as young as 13, and I, like, never missed a day until I, like, turned 16. And I was like, this is full of middle schoolers. I'm gone. But before that, we started a podcast. Like, uh, the, youth man the youth program manager, um, Brooks Banker, he's a wonderful guy. Uh, he's also a drag queen, um, Golden Delicious amazing go to mad Myrna's if you're old enough we made this podcast with um brooks's friend who had made a podcast or had his own podcast or whatever and he gave us like all of this equipment to set up and i was the host because i was the only one who came consistently but also i was the host i was very proud of myself i organized all of this stuff and everything and we had our set members and then people stopped showing up when they said they would go, people wouldn't give me notices. I have this issue a lot as a director, people not giving me notices, and it makes me so, so angry. But anyways, it ended up flopping. None of the episodes like actually aired. We were going to put them up on a website, and it was going to be so cool, and we were going to be famous, and I was going to get rich. But it did not happen because nobody would pull through. And we kept getting new members. And the new members would be like, oh, I want to be a part of this. When we had less than like six mics and there was like more than eight people already set to be on the podcast. And more people wanted to join who had never been there before. It was so stressful. And nobody helped me with anything except for the people that did, which was very few. So it flopped, but it was kind of fun. Maybe when, like, YouTubers started doing a lot of vlogs, there's a lot of vlog footage of me when I was 12 that is never going to be uncovered, ever. <laughs> ever. John has his ways. <laughs> I'm going to start a petition on this podcast. Everyone listening, please no. make a petition. We need this footage uncovered now. <laughs> oh, my God. But I think my first actual, like, film film 
um, we had this mon like monster project because my language arts teacher was really into monsters. So she said, pick a monster that you want to do and make like a short film of it or write an essay or do something artsy with the monster that you got that you picked. I really like werewolves. So I picked that as my monster. And I remembered that I read a book about werewolves. So I did like a mini trailer of the book. It's really bad. Um, but it was so much fun um, making it because it was the first time I got to like be the director and I made my own little storyboard. I still have that. I do not mind sharing that. Like that's, it's, it's really cute. I did something um, in middle school. I was trying to do like a Hunger Games ripoff thing because that was what was popular in middle school. Um, but I don't even, I think that's when I realized that I didn't like editing. So it's just footage. I can't really remember what my f like first first one was, but I do. I remember when I was like six or seven. I was I was definitely like one of those kids that would make like the Lego stop motion videos, and I I would do that a lot with my friends. Oh, when I was like ten, I used to do this thing with my friend Evan. He like did the he had this little like YouTube series thing where he, it's called like Adventures of the Neighborhood or something. We would literally just like walk around his neighborhood until we get, like got lost, and then we would like try to find our way out, and that was like the entire thing. And we'd like end up just like messing around with like random people, like his neighbors and like people in his neighborhood and stuff. I think the first time I I actually like tried to do like a like a film film, it was probably around that same age. I think it was some like detective thing or something. I don't know. I feel like we all have that, like those kinds of experiences where you're like, oh, I'm going to make a detective movie or something like that. The first movie I did was probably, I want to say in eighth grade, eighth grade, Roaming, Roaming Middle School, because we had to do um, the film festival. And uh, one was about uh, the conspiracy. Yeah. Remember that one, Devin? Uh, you want me to say it or you? Um, you could say it too. So, um, me and Brandon, it was eighth grade. There was um, this film festival coming around called the Beartooth Film Festival. Oh, yeah. The concept was really cool. It was basically, um, as it says on the tin, it was a film festival that was held at the uh, um, Beartooth Theater. We thought it was a really cool opportunity to get our movies up there because we've already, we've always been like really interested in that thing already. And I've the things I've made before that was just like video compilations about my family. It was just like a bunch of like um, home videos just stitched together. We had this idea, and by we I say me, I decided it was a good idea to make a detective-esque movie about bronies. And we, <laughs> we have lost a member. We have lost hey, a member. Hey, get over here. <laughs> this movie was about um, us seeing that a lot of people were um, watching this show for the uninitiated. Uh, a brony is a guy who watches My Little Pony. We thought it'd be a good idea to make a movie about that sort of thing and position the, the group of people called bronies as like a disease. <laughs> so we positioned it as like, oh no, this big epidemic is taking over America. And we had like a bunch of slides like exhibit A. It was like a <laughs> population graph of the bronies that were out there. It was the worst thing I think was ever made. 
in that year. <laughs> and God well, at was, the time, it was like the best thing ever. But then at the time, at we the time, all thought it was, it was great. Good, nah. but like now, look. At I'm that embarrassed guy, of past cringy. self. I'm just gonna say that right now. We obviously better ourselves. I feel like with the right people, you could like make a trailer for that, or like do something like super like epic. Like like I don't know. It was an idea that was like poorly executed, and whenever I showed it to family, the reaction was like, "What is this? Like, what, what did you make?" <laughs> detective sequel coming up. Ooh. Soon to be announced. Okay. Shut up and take my money. We actually were going to continue yes. it. Yeah. Yeah, we were supposed to do the continuation, but like. Like we forgot about it or something like that. No, no I think I abandoned it. You abandoned I think. it? <laughs> really? Really? No, I, like, I was wondering when we were going to do that. I, I, I think it was a year in and I realized, what the heck is this? <laughs> it's, un okay. it's unlisted, probably privatized on my YouTube right now. And okay, that's it's, it. it's not seen the light of day. Me and him are the only people on earth that are going to know what this is. Okay, that's it. We, we got to make the second one right now. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Put me on board. <laughs> I guess we just greenlit the sequel right now. Okay, All right. Look in right the future okay. then. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that was the first movie I made, and apparently it's mm -hmm. going to be a sequel now. It's going to be uh. a sequel right now, yes. This is like five years in the making, or whenever that was. I don't know. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, also, uh, Devin what? is affected. Uh, I'm what? Devin is affected. That's all I have to say. Oh, yeah. I should say that during that time, I actually was part of the people that I was making a movie about it, saying it was disease. So I don't know what the heck I was doing. Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, he has something. Wait, were you, were you a brony? Yes, that's okay. what I was getting at. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. Wait, wait, wait. Me too. It's okay. Listen, I'm okay with saying this because that's past me and I regret past me. As a brony, did you research the role? <laughs> did I research the role? I don't think I don't think I need to research because I was. <laughs> No, man, you started researching the role and you got lost in the sauce. Oh, <laughs> no, I think I think at that point in time, I might have been in denial that I was. It was this like part of my life that was like so like lost. And then I and then I embraced it. And then a couple of years later, it gradually went away. And I looked at that part of my life and I'm just like, what the heck happened there? That's a glitch, I think. A glitch in the Matrix. And that was when you filmed this in middle school, right? This was in middle school, yeah. yeah so that, for, I, I feel like for everyone, like, that's the time period that we just want to like... Agreed. Anyway. Moving on. <laughs> so now I want you to think about your favorite piece of work that you made and compare that to your first movie. How does it line up? My favorite short film I made, this was like fairly recent, was uh, called Stagger. It didn't play in any festivals, but it got probably more views in the first day than most of my shorts have gotten in a lifetime. It's about a bounty hunter who is avenging the death of his hitman uncle. And they're like clearly young actors, like they're not bounty hunters or mobsters or anyone, but it was fun to make and was probably the most impeccably structured one and probably looks the prettiest of any short I ever did. It's either that or Axed, which I made shortly before that with the same actors. But compared to my first movie, like, the difference is stark. Like, less voiceover, more, like, tighter story to the point. Honestly, I'm usually very critical of my work, and I do think that both shorts are not entirely without fault. There are still some things that I'm a little frustrated by. But compared to my first movie, I think I've come a long way in just a couple of years. I think compared to... Beep-boop-bop, beep-boop-bop, Jeremiah machine. Those days. Oh, wonderful days. I've 
certainly grown. Well, it went from beep-boop-bop-beep-boop-bop-jeremiah-machine to <laughs> um, put copy-and-pasting the Cowboy Bebop theme song over this two-minute short of my brother chasing my friend and doing ridiculous stunts. So I'd say that's a bit of improvement. It's just a little bit. Just I feel like up until pizza delivery, so before pizza delivery and, like, back, I think all of those films kind of had, like, a sort of, like, part of me that was, like, younger. I feel like now, especially with, well, now I was going to say, with um, pizza delivery and on, I feel like that's going to have more of, like, a serious, not serious, but, well, I guess, yeah, serious tone and more of a, like, more mature tone than from what I did in uh, my film and audio class and before. Pizza Delivery is a serial killer who targets pizza boys. I mean, I could probably like record like paint drawing and it'd be like more cinematic than my Lego stop motion videos from like first and second grade. I mean, I don't really have like a like a favorite film that I've made. Like I have ones that are I think are better than the next, but I learned so much making like every film that I do that like if I did it again immediately after then it would be a better it's hard not to be super critical about everything I make because I learned just so much about like the entire process by just like making and creating stuff so my probably my favorite is probably turret hunters because I mean it's classic it's a good one <laughs> everybody loves it no <laughs> what's turret hunters about okay so it's about a guy who basically um encounters this turret no? From like, um, and like turret, it's like appears everywhere. It's kind of like a horror, but like it's like comedy, comedy-ish horror. It's a turret from uh, you know the game of um, Portal. Yeah, yeah Portal. Portal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he took this turret that Devin has. It's an inflatable turret, and yeah, like it's like yeah. <laughs> so it's in Portal, and like it's the one. It's like oh. I should say you. Yeah. Basically, what Turret Hunters was is um, you have your average Joe. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. His name was Dirk. Dirk Jackson. And basically, <laughs> basically, um, he finds this like inflatable device in his house, and he's like, yeah. "All right." Um, doesn't think anything weird of it at first, but then it starts moving. It starts like I turning it around. It starts like turning around. Yeah. It's like I was like creepy in a way, and like yeah, it's like that's not supposed that? to be there. Yeah, I put that over there. there. Yeah. Basically, the entire story is him like trying to deal with it trying to like get it out of his house get rid of it and everything compared to like um the first movie consp the conspiracy uh, like there's like a more developed story than the first one good story like have these like um these good characters that have to deal with this uh turret uh, right now uh, also filming too uh, like since we really improved since that time that looks better and everything like the graphics and everything too so yeah um I'm going to have to, like, 100% agree. Turret Hunters is uh, by far my favorite that we've made. And I think from the conspiracy to the final part of Turret Hunters was I'd probably about, like, what, six or five years? Somewhere around there? Oh, it was oh, yeah. It was somewhere around that span of time. It was, like, five years gap. Oh, since we started? Since we did the conspiracy, yeah, yeah, it was like a five. It was like a five-year gap, and since then, we actually learned how to write, how to like make these yeah. great mm -hmm. characters that pop out on screen, how to um, use lighting and camera, and like we basically learned how to make a movie, basically. Because I feel like you could have done like compared to the conspiracy, 
Uh, I think Zane said it perfectly. You could have probably filmed paint drying. It probably would have been better. Uh, <laughs> and plus, I don't think we were really trying to either. We were just... Well, I feel, like, I feel like with our skill level, we were trying. Oh, yeah. But like... We didn't really know exactly what we were doing. We didn't plan sure. out a script. Oh, yeah. We never we, did. We didn't improvise. script right. We, we always improvise. Yeah. We just went with our idea. And since then, we realized that, like, you have to plan this stuff out. You have to, like, get everything in motion. Pre-production is very important. And Turret Hunters, because of that, is just, like, so much better in terms of, like, writing and what it actually is. What gives you the inspiration, like, to f- make movies? What's your main, like, drive? It's uh, pretty simple because I always loved stories and when I realized you could make them, it just became a drive. I can't really say I have a specific motivation, like nothing Batman level, like my parents weren't murdered in an alley and that made me want to do something with my life or anything. But the point is, I didn't have like a defining moment beyond what made me want to make movies, which was my mom buying me a bonus material disc uh, of the Star Wars original trilogy, kind of as an afterthought to psych me out of my Star Wars phase, which jokes on her because now I'm making movies. I don't really have a specific drive beyond just the want to tell stories, and I think if... Well, with all of my art, I write poetry, I draw, I paint, I do a lot of things. Um, With all of my art, uh, I usually draw from, like, really dark places in my life. I was abused for most of my life, emotionally abused by my father. I have PTSD. That kind of drives me to do whatever I want and whatever feels right in my life because it feels like I'm taking back everything that was stolen from me growing up. I'm doing what I want and I'm loving it and I'm enjoying life. Making films and watching. I'm, I'm such a consumer when it comes to those things. I love watching great TV shows and movies and all of that. Like I'm such a consumer that I just want to do the same thing that these directors and actors are doing for me the way they make me feel when I'm in a dark place and I need to get out of it by just watching something and calming down and taking a break. I, I want to make people feel the way I do when I am hyper-focusing on a certain franchise. I totally <laughs> agree what Logan said is that once I realized that I could do it, I just got like the drive to. Um, when I was younger, I used to write a lot, um, a lot of creative stuff. And then I used to watch a lot of movies, like obviously. And once I put two and two together... Like, I was like, whoa, like, I can make films. I originally wanted to become an actor, but um, but then I went to an acting camp, and um, this is kind of sad, but they told me I was too fat and that I was never going to be able to be an actor because wow. of it. I was eight years old. But ever since then, I've just realized, like, oh, like, now I can be a writer, and I guess, like, show that a lot more. What you said, that you're so much of a consumer, and you just want to, like, share happiness and, like, share joy and... Share that same emotion that when you receive it, like, give that off. I totally get that because I watch, like, a lot of YouTube and a lot of stuff that, like, makes me feel happy. Like, everyone's, like, down sometimes. I just totally agree with both of you. I guess I just feel like everyone has, like, the need to create somehow. And I guess my art of choice is just film. Probably, like, like the viewers who watches, you know, our stuff. Like, they like it and, you know, I want to give them more. More things to watch, more things to laugh at, more things to love. I don't know. That's probably one that inspires me too. And also to make like a really good movie to uh, to become better, to become better at it. You know that usual stuff. I completely agree with all of you. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I yeah. think I think all that stuff is my drive as well. Like one of my favorite parts, but one of the most nerve wracking parts as well about making a movie is the is when it's finished. 
oh the finished part's great yeah <laughs> because like it's great to see it finished but when you're showing it to people in the in like you want, like a group of people you want to see the reaction now. yeah it's like it's it's you have no idea sometimes filming or making movies can be a shot in the dark like you have no idea how how people are going to react to it so seeing people like laugh in the right places or be shocked in the right places or just like have the reactions that you have envisioned the entire time while making the movie is just such a great feeling. It's an adrenaline rush every single time. It's it's amazing. Another source of inspiration for me is whenever I see people who are really, really good at their craft, like there are a lot of youth filmmakers right now who are really, really good at what they do. And every time I see that, I'm like, I want to be like that. I want to. I want to. I want to be at that skill level. And filming just pushes people together so much. It's just amazing to be on set with people. It's just. It's kind of like chasing a high, to be honest, because like, it, there's no better feeling than being on set with a group of people who have the same amount of creativity as you do, who love being in the same room as you, just doing the thing you love. It's just amazing. I, there's no better words. We are actually down to the last question. Yeah, this has been really fun. Yeah. So far, so good. Let's <laughs> not screwed up with the last one. <laughs> so this is basically just closing out. The main reason I wanted to make this like discussion happen is because I want this to be like kind of like a letter to um other youth filmmakers who are listening, who are maybe just starting out, who like don't really know how to start or like having trouble starting. So my last question is kind of like a response directly to whoever is watching who fits that category. So basically, if there's a piece of advice that you'd want to give to youth filmmakers just starting out, what would you tell them? Um, I've actually thought about this way too much, um, more than you'd expect me to, because I watch a lot of How to Become a Filmmaker videos. Like, maybe I'll get there one day, but I have made movies, so I guess I technically qualify. But if we're talking like the advice I'd give young filmmakers, what's the question? Not necessarily young filmmakers, but filmmakers who are yeah, just like beginner, just new in the realm of making movies. I think the best piece of advice I can give you is is to just make anything right now. Show it to people to improve your craft. Keep doing it over and over and don't stop. And more importantly, be patient. Don't expect to make money off this right away. Don't expect to make a ton of views right away. And if you do make something that is genuinely good and you don't, you know, have like millions of views or whatever, slow down. You can get there maybe one day. And you can develop your audience because I'm not a famine thinker. Like there are 7 billion people and more in this world. Like enough of them are bound to be your audience. So the best advice is just be patient, hope, and keep creating. Answering this question feels a little kind of awkward to me because I am that person. Like I am just starting out. That's me. What I would say to myself like a few weeks ago is um, chill out. This is going to be super fun. Do not get angry as much as you want to. I know you have an issue with bossing people around, but trust me, if you get along with them, it could be so much funner. Because being a director is absolutely amazing, especially when you are with a good crew, with a good cast mem- like cast members and crew. Um, it's just so fun, and you get to talk to each other, and you get to hang out like all day and work on this thing that you're all passionate about. Really, I'd just say get along with your peers. Because that's the best thing you could do. You guys will lift each other up and do amazing things together if you put that faith in each other. And I know it's hard, but you got to trust people sometimes. I would probably say 
to like go out and like film anything like no matter how like you can film it on like your ipod i had a 50 dollar like camera that was like a little like flip one it was really bad but i made vlogs on it and it was great and it was so much fun like try to establish how fun it is and then include other people and be like hey like let's make a film like let's make this um i also think writing like i think writing and reading is so important when you're filmmaking because you can create those ideas from books and from you know writing even writing like in your own like personal journal or um you know so yeah that's what i would say is just film anything and everything and just write a lot like some of my favorite experiences like in my life in general has just come out of me like taking risks and like stepping out of my comfort zone and like doing things that i'm not like totally confident i can do but i just do it anyway i think that like when you're old and stuff the only thing you're gonna remember is the chances you don't take so like Whenever you're presented with any sort of opportunity that can be lead into anything good at all, you just have to go for it because you'll never know what might come out of it. Like that experience I was talking about where I decided I want to be a filmmaker and I got to like go to LA and all that stuff, that just came out of like one day I was like, I kind of want to try acting. I don't know if I can. And then this one opportunity came up. I like went to go audition. It was super nerve wracking, but my best friend showed up at the same audition and we just like got to act together and we both got the part so it was it worked out super well and if you don't take any chances like that then you'll never get those experiences so just go out and try yeah i can agree like risk taking is like a big factor on like doing something that you want to do uh just just go just go out there go for it uh, just film anything that comes to mind any ideas or but also it's important to make a list and like uh well, like a script it's like things to do because we didn't do that and <laughs> well we didn't know any better but now now we know so all you guys answers were pretty good so like yeah. I, I don't know what else to say about that <laughs> i don't know just go out there film something huh? i think i think the um first thing for me because i know i sometimes have a little bit of issues with this is uh don't be afraid to be bad right don't be afraid to look like stupid right because when you're starting out, first starting out something, you're going to be bad. That's just that's just how life works. You're going to be bad at what you do when you're first starting. I know I was. You practice to become more better at that thing. Yeah, repetition is definitely the key to being better because you know when you're finished with the project, okay, I won't do this this time. I'll try to be better uh, script writing, something like that. Every time you start a new project, try to challenge yourself in an area. Try to like do something differently in that movie that you're making. I actually want to touch on what Zane said about the uh, risk-taking because that that is so important. That is so important. I actually have a story about that myself. In West High, there's a swoop, basically just school Olympics. It's basically like Battle of the Grades and these like events sort of like, you know, like dodgeball and, you know, Mario Kart with just people sliding on little tarps, people pulling tarps. It was pretty great. And uh, um, I remember one day uh, my production studio teacher, Mr. Davis, just walked into the room and was like, all right, we're going to be making video about Swoop. Just like totally ruined our plans for that day. We're making a video about Swoop. And in this, that moment just started like picking people or like trying to get volunteers to like be part of the crew for making this video. 
as they were like slowly like dwindling away, one of my friends, Michael at the time, was just like, "Hey, raise your hand." He was like, "No, no, <laughs> I don't want to raise my hand." I was like, "No, raise your hand." And um, it got to the director slash editor part, and he was like, "No, you should do it." And I was like, "Nah," and I did. And I ended up raising my hand, and apparently I was the only one to do so, and he picked me for it. And ever since I did that, I feel like doing that was like a gateway to like so many other things. Like if I wouldn't have done that and showed what I can do, even though it was really nerve wracking, I probably wouldn't have made as much as I have right now. I probably wouldn't have had as much experience under my belt. And uh, yeah, it's just take every opportunity, just every single one that comes your way. If it's not dangerous or if it's not anything like that, just take it. I feel like with the, the whole gateway thing, just like in with life in general, like I, I feel like a lot of people, they think about things like how they could have done it differently after the fact, but they never do it before they make decisions. So like you'll never, you'll never know what could come out of something if you just don't do it too, mm-hmm. which yeah. Definitely. All right. I think we are good to go. But yeah, thank you guys. It was very fun. Yay. We did it. All right, cool. That was at me producer Devin Schreckengast, Logan Smith, Jeremiah Erickson, Daisy Carter, Zane Penny, and Brandon Joseph, talking about the trials and tribulations of making film in Alaska. And that's it for today. Thank you for joining us in the Zoom room. We hope you enjoyed yourself, and we hope to see you next time. This podcast was made possible in part by a grant from the Alaska State Council on the Arts. If you'd like to support Youth Voices in Anchorage and help keep our podcast going, you can donate to our organization by going to alaskateenmedia.org and click donate. Also on our website, you can learn more about what our organization does, listen to past episodes of our podcast, or find out how you too can get involved. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our show's theme music was composed by Kendrick Whiteman. It was recorded at the Alaska Teen Media Institute studio and edited by Devin Schreckengast. I'm Crowley Snelson, and I am not a crook. <laughs>